Amen. And we sure enjoy the music. You can be a part of it, by the way. Our sanctuary choir, gospel ensemble, there's all kinds of opportunities. It's a great way to meet people and to be connected and involved. So if uh, you can play an instrument, including the stereo, then uh, <laughs> join our music program. There's lots of places to be involved. This is the season when the conditions are just perfect, just ripe for hurricanes. The water is just the right temperature. There are various pressure systems going on. And we have to be on the alert constantly for what may happen at any given moment. The conditions are just right. What is true for hurricanes is also true for relationships. The difference is when it comes to relationships, the conditions are always right for drama. For sudden drama. Drama can happen at any minute. One, one wrong word and temperatures can suddenly rise. Emotions can start to blow. The waters start to turn and churn. Everything can suddenly, suddenly become very dangerous in our communication and in our relationships. And things can change just like that with even less warning than there are for hurricanes. Drama. Conditions are always right for drama in our homes, in our workplaces, in our families, in our church, in our neighborhoods. In fact, the conditions didn't seem right for drama, but they were there. Back when I was a junior in high school in Overland Park, Kansas. It was a Friday night. I'd been out with my buds. I got home. The rest of the family was peacefully sleeping seemed like a perfectly quiet, calm Friday night. I wasn't quite ready to wind down yet, so I fixed myself a great big tall glass of soda, loaded my arms up with some newspapers I hadn't read that week, and decided to go down to my room in the basement. Now, everything still seemed pretty calm. One problem, I decided to go down into the basement without turning the light on. In fact, the light was at the top of the stairs, and I didn't want that light on all night the way that house was set up. They kind of rigged a bunch of that stuff. So I was just going along down the stairs, not realizing, even at that moment, that the conditions were right for family drama. Because about four steps from the bottom, my brother, who also lived in the basement, had left a big pile of clothes and books. So I'm walking down the stairs with my tall glass of soda and my newspapers kind of feeling my way down when I get four steps from the bottom. And you know what happened? I immediately just flew. And the glass broke and there was ice everywhere and sticky soda everywhere. And the noise was so loud that suddenly the whole household was awakened in an instant. Now still, we could have probably bypassed the drama, but there were some other conditions at work. For one thing, I was involved in the drama program at my high school. <laughs> and my role at that time was a rebellious teenager having issues with his father. 
So my dad and my mother get to the top of the stairs. They see me down there in this pile of sticky soda and broken glass. And the first words that come out of my dad's mouth are, how many times do I have to tell you not to leave things on the stairs? Somebody's going to fall. Now that was the exact moment where I needed understanding and compassion. <laughs> Hurricane Dwayne was just getting ready to launch. <laughs> I charged up the stairs yelling and screaming at my father. My mother began to cry. What I didn't realize was that standing a few feet behind me, behind the broken glass and the sticky pool of soda, was my brother. And that's who my dad was actually talking to. I hadn't taken the time to see what the real truth was in that situation. So before it was all said and done, the entire family was down there in the basement in this pool of broken glass and all this soda. My father had pinned me down trying to keep me under control. And it wasn't until later that we realized that all this drama could have been avoided if we had just looked and listened and taking a breath and taking a moment. Instead we were all four in tears on a Friday night and drama had been released in our family and it took us hours to work through it even that night. Waking up the next morning drained and emotionally spent. The conditions are always ripe for drama. We don't always know what's going on around us. Something that was intended for someone else, we take personally. We can't look beyond our own circumstance and situation. All this stuff gets in the way. And we are caught up in drama. When was your last drama incident? <laughs> when is the last time that all these conditions worked together to disrupt your life? This is really what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel from Matthew 18. Drama is not new. It was prevalent in the time of Jesus and it was prevalent during the day of the early church. In fact, part of the context in this scripture today is that the church was just beginning and it got off to a really messy start. Because the way the church began was there were various house churches in various locations, small groups of people getting together for a meal. But as happens when groups get together, they all created their own rules. And one house church ate these foods, and one house church ate a different type of food. One house church did liturgical style worship. One house church did charismatic worship. <laughs> you had all this stuff going on. And what happened was misunderstandings developed among the different groups. And so sometimes as people traveled, they'd look for a house church to attend during these early days of Christianity. And they'd come to a different house church and find out they did things differently there. And they'd say, this is how it should be done. And they ended up having this argument right there in the house church. And it was breaking out everywhere. There was misunderstanding and some were considered more than others were considered less than. It got to the point where people were not always welcome in the various churches and all these contingents were forming. 
So when Matthew put together this gospel, part of what Matthew wanted to do was to look at what Jesus would say to these kind of conditions. How Jesus would respond to this drama in the early church. Because at the very heart of Jesus' teaching was the truth that you will know they are Christians by their love and yet you didn't see it happening. Instead, you saw exclusivity building in and jealousy and envy and a variety of factors. This is actually a, a, a scripture that has a lot of texture and depth and it's a scripture that has often been misused and abused. So I'm going to focus more on our personal responsibility as described in this scripture. There's another section that talks about going to uh, spiritual uh, discernment, uh, people who have had the gift of um, spiritual practice and seeking mediators. And there's another section that talks about how churches should handle this sort of controversy. Those are the parts that have often been misused and there are some churches who have shunned people and have used this scripture as a basis for that. And that's about an hour and a half conversation, which we'll save for the chalice some night. We can talk about that. But I do want to focus on the parts of personal responsibility, what each one of us can take from the scripture and apply to our own lives and the conditions for drama that are always around our lives. So let's hear what uh, some of Jesus' perspective is as we look at this scripture. As followers of Jesus, we are called to live with integrity and understanding. In Matthew 18, Jesus teaches that understanding is a process. Jesus teaches that if someone hurts us, we're not to wait around for them to make the first move. We are to take the initiative. We are to go to that person and point out the difficulty and begin to work of dialogue and begin that work of dialogue and understanding. Jesus knows human nature well. If we wait around for someone else to take the lead, we open the door for resentment and grudges, feelings of retaliation. The conditions would be ripe for drama. Jesus invites us to the process. Jesus teaches that the first try at any understanding may not be effective. Jesus teaches that some may not want to reconcile or understand, or they may not be ready. Some may want to hold on to their anger. Some may need to hold on to their resentment or their feelings of being right. Hmm. Oh, that Jesus. Jesus knows us so well. And Jesus knows what the first obstacle to a drama-free home, church, or environment is. And that obstacle is... us. <laughs> Ego. It's so difficult for us to humble ourselves and to let go of perceived... Um, irritations, to let go of bitterness, ego. Maybe you've heard the definition of ego as edging God out. When, when stuff happens, we oftentimes find ourselves caught up in the emotion and the conditions and the circumstance of a situation. All we see is the broken glass and the pile of papers and the sticky soda everywhere. It's hard for us to see God in that situation. But part of what Jesus is teaching us here is to get beyond the circumstance and the conditions and the emotions, to let ego get out of the way, to see God in each other, to see Christ in each other, to get back to the heart, to get back to the love. The difficulty here is making the first move. 
We want the other person to make the move first. After all, they were the wrong one. <laughs> Shouldn't the wrong person be the person to ask for forgiveness? Why can't we just wait and let the other person take responsibility? Part of what's coming through in this scripture is it's not about assigning blame or responsibility. It's about making the move and extending the hand and opening the heart. Getting back to the relationship. Moving past the drama to the dialogue. It doesn't matter who's wrong. What matters is that both people are hurting and someone has to make the move. That's the call here. It is a process, and sometimes it takes more than one conversation. In fact, sometimes it takes many conversations. It takes questioning and re-questioning. It takes clarifying and re-clarifying. Even when someone tries to speak their deepest truth, we may not always understand it. So it helps to speak that truth back and say, is this what you were saying? Is this what you really meant by that? Ah, now I think I understand. That's dialogue. That's moving to a place of health and wholeness and integrity in our relationships. The conditions for drama will always be there. Something could explode at any moment. But we can minimize drama by constantly being open to the alignment of our heart and the alignments of the hearts around us. Conditions are always there, but we do have a say in the level of drama that arises from those conditions. Jesus has more to say. Another perspective. Jesus teaches in Matthew 18 that we're called to be patient with this process of understanding. To put it another way, we may work the process of understanding, but working the process does not ensure that there will be repair. So, no matter how others respond, we remain open from the heart. Sometimes it may feel that we're never done working this process. It may take time for our hearts to catch up with our words and our efforts and our intent. No, this is not easy. If it were easy, more of us would seek understanding with greater integrity, integrity and greater regularity. Understanding really requires the involvement and dependence on the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own. All right, this is where it really gets dangerous. You have prayed about it. You have prayed it through. And you have decided you're going to make that first move. You are going to be the, the one who operates on a higher level. <laughs> you are going to rise above the differences and you're going to open your hand and open your heart. So you're good and ready for this, con this conversation. And you walk right in there just knowing that this is going to be the breakthrough you've waited for all your life. And you just know that this person's going to see the error of their ways. And through your humility, they are going to, uh, to be totally open to what you have to offer. So you get there and you extend your heart, you extend your hand, and this is the response. Oh, yeah. You've risen above your petty differences. <laughs> but now when the response is not what you hoped for and what you prayed for, you really let loose. Do you know how hard it was for me to come and talk to you? Do you know how hard this conversation was for me? And you just cross your arms. Well. <laughs> and the drama moves to a whole new level. 
It's right there in the Scripture that oftentimes the first conversation doesn't work. Jesus is saying, humble yourself again. And humble yourself again. In fact, Peter has a conversation with Jesus and says, how many times? And Jesus says, as many times as it takes. Stay in the conversation. Daily process. I want to suggest six ways that we can minimize drama in our lives. These are six steps to take, not just once in a while when someone's ticked you off, but every single day. These are six ways to choose integrity over drama. offer today is if you do these six things every day end of each day go to your easy chair or go to the altar you have in your home or find a quiet place
I am with each of you in your relationships and in your journeys. I am the giver of peace. Will you come to me with your hearts and your hurts? Invite me into your thoughts. Invite me into your conversations. Trust that my presence will be a healing presence. I will help you. I will help you to know when to speak and when to be silent. Seek my guidance. Trust and follow. Know that I am at work for your good and for the good of others. Know that all will be well. Amen. Amen.